0: In this episode of The Picture of Wealth, Dustin sits down with his own mother, Beverly Service, to talk about finding her love of photography in retirement.
1: I I really enjoyed the composition of the photography.
0: The importance of staying physically healthy.
1: If you're talking about physical wealth, that is health.
0: And making sure to live every day.
1: But you can't do it in spite of the day. You need to live every day.
2: So tune in and catch all that and more and start living more of your life now. That is the voice of my mom, uh, the one and only Mama Bear. And we uh, explore what it's like to be in retirement after, you know, a long career in teaching. And well, actually, not that long compared to some people, but she started at the age of 40 and finished her degree at that age, worked her way up, retired. And uh, now, you know, a typical day in retirement is wake up, you know, stretch, coffee, yoga, practice, then over on her e-bike to Pickleball, where uh, she might enjoy lunch after in the park with her friends, uh, maybe a a a cider and uh, get back home and you know spend the rest of her day relaxing and you know the, the irony of all this is you know I, I go back to when she was 40 and, and ask her if this is what she you know you know was going to be thinking was the ultimate retirement and it wasn't but uh, very interesting to see you know I'm 40 now and we're uh, almost and to, to see the parallels of you know the things we believe when we're younger might not be what they are in the future but how to live the ultimate retirement life. I am uh, excited, thrilled, nervous, uh, you know, and curious about what will happen in a podcast with uh, Mama Bear, a.k.a. my mom, Bev, service. So thanks a lot, mom, for coming on the show today.
1: Hi, honey. My pleasure. I'm honored.
2: Well, I, uh, again, I've wanted to do this for a while, and I think you've got a, a real inspiring story that lots of people will, uh, you know, find interesting. And well, I, I do. Obviously, I'm biased, but uh, you know that that I you know, coach in the wealth space and lifestyle and happiness space. And I, I really think that you've done a great job in sort of life starts at 60. Uh, we don't need to say how old you are, but you're older than 60. And uh, you've really done a number of cool things, new things. And I, I hope we we can unpack that today yeah. and, and hear where that curiosity comes from. So thanks a lot for being on the show.
1: Well, honey, thank you for your, for your thoughts. And I think one of the most gracious compliments you've ever given me uh, is telling me that I'm your poster child for retirement. Uh, yeah. That's one of the most lovely things anyone has ever said. And I, I appreciate it. You've, you've guided me along that path.
2: <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, thanks for that. I'm, I'm flattered. And also I uh, meant it in, uh, in, in, Specifically I would say in that you the curiosity of new activities for anyone who knows me we're always trying things learning them getting good at them then stopping them for some reason and trying new things uh and let's so if if I think back as far back as I can kind of remember I think of like ski hill trips where you know there was a bunch of you know if I'm 40 and and you guys were all about 40 and you know you had all these friend groups and uh you know, the, the, the vision of your future self at that point,
3: is that where you are now? No. No. How come?
1: Well, because your dad and I were still together then. And my, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, if you want to get down to the brass tacks, um, you know, my vision was to be old and married and, you know, with you kids and grandkids. And so that, that was my vision at that time. Uh, things change, people change. Um, you know, I, I'm still friends with your dad. Of course, you know right. that. And we're all very close and I, I appreciate that. Uh, he and I worked hard on that to make that to make that happen. So, you know, I am 68 years old. I'm not afraid to say that. I'm quite proud of it. Um, but no, I didn't think that this is where I would be at 68.
2: hmm and and going, you know, down, you know, sort of the, the lifestyle thing, you you know, back to my original comment. When I think of, you know, an exercise we do with clients where we'll say, literally write down your ideal day on a piece of paper from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. And even if you want to get detailed, write down your ideal week. And a lot of people have trouble with the exercise. But when yeah. I think of your ideal day, wake up. <laughs> Have a cup of coffee. Take in whatever sort of mind nourishment you want. You hop on your e-bike. You ride down to pickleball. (laughs) After you go, have lunch, maybe a cider in a park with some friends, and an afternoon paddleboard, and then maybe (laughs) a glass of wine with uh, some friends and watch a hockey game in the night. Now I'm putting a few things together there, but you get the point. Now I do. Is it take intention to create that lifestyle, or did all this stuff? just sort of fall on your lap or when you were working, you know, when you're a you know, successful, hardworking teacher in your previous career, was,
3: was this kind of what you envisioned? Like my lifestyle now. Yeah. Um,
1: I don't know if I purposefully set out to design that a lot of it fell into place. Um, when I retired, um, but I needed to put some work into that also. Um, you helped me uh, very much in planning for my retirement financially mm-hmm. uh, so we we were good for that when I retired. but I think there needs to be work put into the psychological part of retiring, the mm-hmm. emotional part of retiring. Uh, Because so much of who I was was what I did Mm -hmm. in terms of teaching and being a mom and raising my kids. Um, So coming into retirement, I had to kind of think about how am I going to design this? I do have time now. And how am I going to fill it? And I've uh, always been a proponent of lifelong learning. I still am. I still want to keep learning. Uh, And like you say, you get good at some things and then you give them up and then you go on to something else. Um, So the photography was a huge part of my retirement. Um, Taking that on and learning and still learning. uh, It's a huge learning curve and it's an expensive hobby. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But uh, it feeds my creativity. And I think that's, that's key to having a good healthy retirement, having a passion and being creative and you know having the freedom and the time to pursue those things. Mm -hmm. So
3: like I said, the photography is a big part of how I you were a photographer before.
1: No, but I always I I always liked the art of photography and you know any little point and shoot camera that I had. Um, I, I really enjoyed the composition of the photography, not just, you know, snapping a photo, mm-hmm. but, you know, looking at the composition and looking at the colors and looking at the light. And so when I retired, I thought that's what I want to pursue. That's what I want to learn more about. Um, so that led me into all kinds of things. Um, meeting new people. Uh, and I, I just got to go back to, you know, the the day you described a perfect day for me is it sounds like a perfect day for me.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, I need to include people. I need to include uh, a bit of creativity. I need to include fun uh, mm-hmm. and I need to include some. We
2: all activity. need more fun, especially hmm? right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, and, and you, you, you know, you need to have some some activity and fitness in there. So that day was a perfect description of a day uh, for me. So and do you,
2: are you like in the, the retired person's fear uh, is, is this normal or, or do you see some of your other friends, you know, or maybe your friend group is all of like mine, but, or other people, you know, that have retired. Is it common? like this, or is it more sedentary? You know, I'm retired, I've I've got an ailment, you know, that world.
1: Yeah. I see a lot of that in, in people that I taught with and other people that I knew that have gone into retirement. Um, you know, some of them just don't have the finances to travel. I'm blessed that, you know, I can get in a trip or two a year, and see the world—that's a passion of mine. Um, but if you don't have the discretionary income to do that, then yeah, you you stay at home. Um, and health—I mean, that—that's the first thing I thought of when you brought up people who retire. Um, the health issues that come with getting older—and that's a reality. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to fight that.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's a worthwhile fight.
1: <laughs> it's a worthwhile fight because I think you know in the if you're talking about physical wealth, that is health. Mm-hmm. Your physical wealth is your health. So a lot of that, I think we can design. Some of it is out of our hands. I, I mean, I, I hate to bring up the C word, but mm-hmm. that has you know, afflicted a lot of people that I know. And that changes their lifestyle immensely.
2: Is there Um, any, anything that you're doing right now that's uh, like supplements or, you know, research you've done on, you know, healthy, healthy at 68 or, you know, other than
1: just acting? Well, the the, the food, I mean, I don't deny myself anything in life. I don't. Mm. Um, But I know what balance is also. So I know if I eat the chocolate filled croissant on Wednesday, then I better double up a little bit on Thursday (laughs) in terms of movement. Um, So I think balance is a, is a key word for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Good food. But like I say, I don't, I don't deny myself an ice cream cone that I had yesterday downtown. Um, Supplements. I don't do a lot of supplements. I like fish oil (laughs) because I think it's lube for my heart. Yeah. but I, 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 think good food and, and a, and a healthy attitude, I think. Well,
2: yeah, I think that's a, a healthy outlook uh, and, and it's something that maybe I should be getting, uh, you know, a counselor on, on the podcast in future episodes for the current state that we're all in in the funk oh. of,
0: oh, of life hard. now
2: that w- we, we can try to control as much as we can and we can, you know influence that by the nourishment that we feed into our minds. And if you put bad stuff into your mind, that affects your attitude, which affects your actions.
1: Totally. Uh, Something Um, I found really beneficial for me that I've started in the last couple of years, um, yoga has been a part of my life for almost 20 years. Uh, And it's not, it's a lifestyle for me. And when I, my studio is closed right now, um, not so much because of COVID, but because they've had a flood. And, right. and I, I really, really miss it. But from practicing yoga, I've started to practice more meditating. Hmm. And there's lots of great things, podcasts and uh, YouTube and, and things online. So I like to start my day with a little bit of a, a meditation. Uh, just, you know, sometimes it's positive affirmations. Sometimes it's, um, you know, my requests. To the universe about what's going on in the world because those things really trouble me. Mm-hmm. I internalize those things, so I, I I I have to stay away from the media a bit uh, and replace that with some real good positive uh, meditation.
2: Do you have and any the- any like specific people or workbooks or um, like journal prompts? that you start with to like, or is it always the same? Or do you just start writing or, you know, cause this, this is, I did a post about this a long time ago, but journaling is an interesting thing and everyone does it different and there's no wrong way to do it. Yeah. But to get, I'm, you know, if you're, get going.
1: Well, there's a couple of ways to meditate for me. Um, I've been using mostly guided meditations, but you can, you can do your own thing. I mean, you don't have to have somebody guiding you. Right. Um, I have journaled. I'm not journaling right now. Uh, but when I travel, I love to journal because mm. lots of times I, I'm traveling on my own. So it's a good thing to do when you're um, going somewhere for dinner and, and you're alone. You know, you, I don't want to be on my phone. Right. I can exclude myself socially that way. But if you're sitting there writing in a journal... Um, it's a good conversation starter you know people yeah. will say what are you what are you up to and you know you can you can just say
3: it. Um, lauren
1: i'm trying to think of her last name it's a Osfensky, lauren ostfensky i think it is i like her guided meditations
2: okay.
0: it
1: took me a while to get used to her voice but
2: hmm.
1: um, i do i do like her does she have a um,
2: website? Is it just her name? She's
1: a podcast. She's got a podcast. And okay. It's called Sleep Meditation. Um, and, and she's, yeah, you can check her out. I don't think everybody would, wouldn't be, she wouldn't be for everybody, but there's a ton of them out there to try. Yeah, And um, so, so that's, that's good. Cause it, in the morning it sets my headspace with all of this, um, crisis going on in the world. I try to keep my little world peaceful <laughs> and loving. Yeah. And, and to take that out the door with me every day. And, and it's a practice. It's, there's no question. It's a practice. And I, I found this whole COVID thing. Um, I mean, I feel blessed in many ways. I've had a, a roof over my head and food in my fridge So I feel blessed that way, but I'm a very social person. You know that. Uh, And I love, I love humanity and the whole COVID thing, you know, being sequestered away from you and your family, Kobe and her family, my friends. um, It was, it was very difficult for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt, uh, you know, we all have a day or two where you feel a little funky or a little blue Um, but after a day or two, I would always snap out of that, but I wasn't snapping out of this COVID isolation thing. You know, living alone was really difficult during that time. Um,
2: is there any relief or any sort of, you know, for anyone else that's kind of going through that? Is there any,
1: yeah, the, the, the relief I found reach out Just start making plans or, well, just reach out. Like, I remember calling you guys and saying, I'm not feeling great. Right. In my head, I'm not feeling great. So please call me. Yeah. peace uh, with me. Um, and, you know, just to, aside from the feeling loneliness part of the COVID, that was something that I I took away from COVID. We don't reach out enough. You know, we say, oh, I, you know, I should... I should call that person and we should go for a bike ride or we should go for lunch. And then you don't, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, or you'll run into somebody and they'll say, Hey, let's, let's go for lunch next week. And then you never hear from them. Right. So that was something I really wanted to improve is the reaching out to people Mm -hmm. that I haven't seen for a long time. So that was, that was helpful and, uh, and, and just sharing it with people you know, not keeping it in your head, letting people know, you know what, I'm not, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling great. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd really love to talk with you once a week. So that well, you, helps.
2: You, you bring up uh, an interesting point about sort of now uh, at 68, healthy, good looking, you've got, uh, you know, obviously maybe meeting somebody in the future or not, but you've had some just funny stories about, uh, uh, you know, I'll back up and say, you know, you're married, hardworking, go-getter, you know, obviously that didn't work, you know, many, many years ago. Now you're at the other side of the equation in retirement. And now you get to see men at 60 <laughs> dating, uh, you know, and I, I just, I, I, I find it so ironic when you share some of the stories and, and you hear like, you've got wealthy individual world by the thing, but yet there's a cavity somewhere, or there's some sort of not brokenness, the wrong word, but there's just some something missing. And uh, you know, it, it, is there any any ironies that you see of, of a sort of wealth and and life and as, as people get older? And is there hope for, you know, people in dating in their 60s, or has the world, you know, completely gone to this sort of selfish? Uh, independent, and I is this wrong word, but maybe independent. I've got my program. I've got my ways. Uh, you know what? What have, what have you seen out there? Because I think this is—it's more—it's—it's it's almost comedy when when you actually just step back or from an yeah. outsider. Um, but I, I just think if you if you have any thoughts on on that, well, we're going to go down that rabbit hole, are we? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wrote in my notes. Seriously, my truthfulness is like.
1: If you're older if you're, men
2: that don't have kids, uh, it, it's a hard, there's a, a parallel though. So, so one of the things, you know, again, right or wrong, and I'm going to piss people off with this, but it's, you know, wealth for me, and obviously I'm biased is having, is having a child. There's, part, there's a part of something there that is, is wealthy to me. And, you know, being it's on the news, it's not a secret, but we had ex- extreme problems with fertility and getting, you know, that sort of situation going. But now we're here. And so that's, that's a wealthy piece to me. But I think there's, there's something psychologists could unpack a lot better than I've jumbled up here. But uh, in the, I should flip for a second and say a lot of wealthy older people I know that are single, predominantly men, that have a lot of money, appear on the outside to have a really great life. Travel, fast cars, motorcycles, fancy houses, um, fit sometimes, but yet there is this missing block, this puzzle piece sometimes. Yeah. Is, is that something you see out there in the, in the landscape?
1: Well, absolutely. And, you know, yeah, your, your wealth is your children. And piss people off with that comment because to me, that, that is a, a, a part of all of our, our wealth portfolios, our family, our children, Absolutely. Oh, okay, you might be talking to the wrong person about success in the <laughs> dating world at 68. I've kind of, uh, I don't say I'm giving up on it. I never say never, but I'm not pursuing anything. And if you know all of these wealthy men in your pocket, why are you not?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you could be a pioneer. Or is it a pioneer etter? What's a female pioneer? A pioneer of a yeah, new way to can. live, though. <laughs> Which?
1: Be careful what you say. You don't. You don't. You don't want to offend anybody with pioneer. calling well, Oh, woman, is that? Yeah. Woman. Okay. Well, sorry.
2: Thanks, um, mom. <laughs> no. But, uh,
1: well, let's see. Where Where should I start with that? Um, any men that I have met who have not had children, they're missing something. They're inherently missing something, and I'll just chalk it up to being selfish.
2: You've got so far. That's not to say I- that in the future you don't meet someone else.
1: Correct. Yeah, correct. Um, there's a selfish element to them. And I, and I don't think it's an intentional, um, I don't want to say quality, an, an intentional characteristic for them to be selfish. But they've never had anyone to care for but themselves. Mm-hmm. And when you're a parent, it's the most selfless job you will ever do. Mm-hmm. You know I mean I'm not going to go back to the poor, poor, pitiful me times when you guys were eating the chicken cutlets and and craft dinner when
2: you <laughs> I know even make those. I tried to find those the other day. I couldn't even find them <laughs>
1: and the uh, you know the Swanson pot pies that I fed you mm-hmm. guys when you know money was a little bit tight um but I went without winter boots, and you and Kobe always had good Sorrel's.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and 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 that was just. That's a selfless, that's what any parent would do for their child. So I, I just think men who haven't had children and they'll say, oh, but I've got nieces and nephews, I know what it's like. No, you don't. You yep. don't know if you have a niece or a nephew, what it's like to, to raise a child. So I think they're, they're inherently missing that component mm-hmm. of love, unconditional forever love. Um, okay. Where else am I going to go? Well, uh, where,
2: where I was kind of thinking is like the, you know, the, the, uh, the world we live in of like, you know, if from a wealth standpoint, if you can find a way to make your marriage work, that leaves your wealth, uh, intact, uh, now Mm -hmm. for lots of reasons, it doesn't work and that's just the way it is. But, um, you know, I, I just think sometimes it gets glamorized or, you know, people are like, Oh, life would be so simple if I was just on my own. And, you know, and so it's like, well, yeah, it is, but it, there's always two sides to the coin. And again, you know, single wealthy person could argue with me about their stance, but I just, I don't know where I was tangenting on that, but I, I think it's, it's uh, it's a funny, it's a funny well, world. And...
1: Yeah. And, you know, to follow up on that, honey, I've got um, lots of female friends who are married, happily married. Uh, you know, to men that I I really like a lot. And so from my perspective, I'll look in on their lives and I'll think, wow, I I want that. I, I, I would love to have a partner to make decisions about and share some responsibilities and, you know, get on their bike with me instead of me getting on my bike alone and going for a bike ride. Absolutely, I do. Those friends... My married women friends look at me and they go, oh, my God, you have the best <laughs> life. You come and go. You do this. You buy that. <laughs> you
2: know? Yeah, we're all.
1: So, you know, it's that whole thing about the grass being greener on the other side. And a long time ago, I, I saw this phrase and it said, uh, yeah, if you're looking over and the grass is greener on the other side, Water your own grass, hmm. and that that made a change for me in terms of how I felt about being a senior single. Hmm. Um, you know, several years ago, uh, a fear and a worry of mine was growing old alone. Right. What is that going to look like as I get older and and maybe have some health issues? Uh, you know, I'm going to be alone. There'll be no one there to care for me or call an ambulance. You know? <laughs> um, but that, that phrase about watering your own grass, I, you know, I put some great thought into that. And so I've spent time since then watering my own grass and I no longer fear uh, growing old alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I am growing older as we all are growing older. Um, but I, I don't have that, Immense worry and fear of being alone,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I I, 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 you know, I. So whether I, I, I guess if I get a partner, great. Uh, it's it's, it's got to be. It's I don't want to say it's got to be perfect. It's got to be perfect for me. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to get into another relationship, I want um, complementary aspects to my life. And to his life as well. Um, I don't want conflict. I don't want. I want no. harmony. <laughs> you know. So at this age, you know, we we all come with years and years and years of stories and experiences, and so I think sometimes it could be hard to meld that together. Um, and I, you know, the saying is, "Well, I'll never settle." Um, so I don't say that. I say I will settle, but I'll settle for more.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: because yeah. I've got an amazing life.
2: Yeah. And I think I'm, that's, you've done a great job of, of building that, that framework and, uh, you know, learning new things. So you, you aren't bored because a lot of counseling we do on a succession plan, when someone's going to sell their business is what, what are you going to do when your key doesn't work in the door? Uh, I, you've sold your business. You don't go there anymore. You haven't been around your wife or, or, or husband for X number of years because you've been working hard and now you're home all day yeah. and you've worked so hard that you haven't really kept up your hobbies. You haven't kept up your curiosity and you've done a great job of, of sort of keeping that front and center. And, you know, I think I want to pivot a little bit to who, who were the models in your life or who were the inspiration nuggets that sort of encouraged that that outlook on life or was that something even when you were teaching in your career those are the same people or were they people or or books or
1: well the first the first person that comes to mind was my very first ballet teacher when I was four years old <laughs> and ballet was a very big part of my life up until the time I was 18. Uh, and I, I studied it seriously and the woman's name was Doris Sitter and she's passed away now. Um, but she taught me perseverance. She taught me rules. I mean, she taught me dance, obviously.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it, she taught me that I was good mm-hmm. and to feel good about that. Um, I mean, you know my history, my my childhood history. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great either. My dad was an alcoholic, and my mom was the glue that held that together. Um, not a lot of money. And you know about my fears of not having enough money stems Mm -hmm. from my socialization as a child, because if there were ever fights in my home, the fights were over booze or there's not enough money. Right. So I carried that well into my adulthood about, am I going to have enough? Do I have enough? Um, But my mother always made sure there was enough to pay for my ballet lessons. Mm. So, She also was an inspiration to me, hardworking, amazing work ethic, loving, funny, Um, you know, and cancer took her way too soon. So I I would say Dora Sitter and the the other person who I feel made a change in my life and you know her well is Jeannie Steele. Hmm. Um, She was the one who said, yeah. Go get your degree. Finish your degree. You'd be a great teacher. You'll be an asset to any classroom. And she sort of propelled me in that direction. To, um, for
2: for anyone who doesn't know, uh, how old were you when you finished your degree?
1: Forty. Yeah, forty. Raising you kids and and working and um, you know. And I remember saying to somebody when I was thinking about going back to finish my degree, and I said well, I'm not going to be finished my degree till I'm 40. And he said, you're going to be 40 anyway. (laughs) Whether (laughs) you do it or not, you are, you're not stopping that train. You are going to be 40. So why wait? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so it it was, it was, it was later in, in life that I decided I, and that was one of the best decisions I ever made. I loved the profession. you know, I, I just it, it was really a a good fit for me.
2: I think uh, a great closing story uh, is is grandma's or or your mom's. Uh, what you found in her house, uh, oh you know, at, at at the oh. end, um, yeah. because yeah. like you say about the fearing the money. I think that's that's a great message to close on.
1: It is a great message, and I. Um, I thank you very much for holding my hand through all of those fears, because that, that was always my question to you. Let's work this out. If I lived, am I am going to have enough money to live to 80? Uh, and and you know, you provided great visuals because I'm a visual learner and graphs and things, so I, I feel much better about that. But yeah, like I said, we grew up with—I never considered my, our family poor, but I—I guess we were the working poor, and. Um, You know, the whole thing about no money, no money. And and my mom had a good job. Uh, She worked for the um, provincial government in Saskatchewan. And she retired at 65. And the one thing she always talked about, she wanted to do an Alaskan cruise. And so when she retired, I said, get on it, you know, go and do it. Um well, I will, you know, I'm thinking about it. Um, I don't have anybody to go with. And I said, yeah, you do. You have me like, come out here. We'll get on the boat in Vancouver and we'll go. And I, I, I was not pressuring her, but I, I wanted her to start living. I mean, she had a good pension. Um, <clears throat> my dad was out of the picture at that point. So she had a life to live. And I was so excited for her. Um, so At
3: 68, she died.
1: And when she died, I was in Maui. And it took me a couple of days to get home. And when I got to her house, there was a file folder, and it was wedged between the bread box and the wall. And I pulled out the file folder and I opened it up, and it was full of brochures, because that's what they did back then. Brochures on Alaskan cruises and prices. And uh, it broke my heart. And that was the moment when I realized, you know, she'd done all of this planning for her future financially. She had, you know, a pension. She had RRSPs, but she had no time left. Mm -hmm. And that was the day when I realized, yes, you need to plan for the future, but you can't do it in spite of the day. You need to Mm -hmm. live every day. And that was one of the saddest.
2: She passed away with money in the bank.
1: Passed away with money in the bank and never took the cruise.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Never took the cruise. So it was all about, you know, well, one day I will. One day I'll go. One day might not come. The one day did not come for her. Mm
3: -hmm. Um, So I try to live every day, not,
1: you know, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for?
2: Spending just on whatever. Yeah, no, not intentional.
1: Yeah, just, but finding some joy every day. And and that might be hanging out with your sons. Yeah. That's a big joy for me. Um, Or it might be, you know, going through some old photos that I've taken and just smiling at all of them or old photo albums or learning something new, which, you know, is oftentimes scary. Um, But it's I look at it as a challenge. And so, yeah.
2: Well, thank, yeah. thank you. I know that was a, a hard story to share and you got me a little bit choked up in the middle there, but uh, well, thank yeah, you, mom. No, 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 <laughs> that no, was...
1: Years, honey. I think it's a, it, it was a, a pivotal epiphany in my life that day. You know, not only had I lost her, I mean, in the sorrow and the sadness and the regrets that I had for her life, not for my life, mm-hmm. for her life. And that, that one little nugget that she really wanted
3: she didn't get it and she yeah. could have had it,
0: right?
1: She could have had it. It was within her reach. Uh, but maybe, you know, I know she was fearful and I try not to make fear-based decisions anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You got to go for it.
2: Yeah. Well, thank, thank you for, uh, uh, that, this is a, a fun, we could go on a lot of different tangents, but thank you. Um, uh, this uh, is really good. And I'm sure we'll, we'll be eager to learn what you're up to in the next uh, learning cycle. So thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for
1: having me, honey. Love you lots. Love you.
2: If you found this episode valuable, share it with a friend. If you found this episode super valuable, leave us a review on iTunes. It will help us continue to bring you top quality content. For more information on anything discussed on this show, visit www.servicewealth.com. That's service spelt S-E-R-V-I-S-S. Any investment topics covered on the show are not investment recommendations, and you should seek professional advice before making any investment decisions. This show was produced by Podigy
3: Podcasts. Thanks for listening.